Hey, you're listening to Fun Times in Flushing, a positive podcast about the New York Mets. I am Michael Smith, here to talk Mets baseball with you. The Mets went to Colorado this weekend. They didn't score 100 runs, but they did score enough and pitch enough to take two out of three from the Rockies. So let's get into it. Was from Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your podcast themes at Kyle's Podcast Themes at gmail.com. If you want to find any links discussed in today's show or to learn more about the show, go to funandflushing.com slash 27. That's funandflushing.com slash the numbers 27. So, as I mentioned, the Mets went out to Colorado, and after they got snowed out on Friday night, Jacob DeGrom started game one of a doubleheader on Saturday. Excellent as usual. Second straight start with 14 strikeouts. He got another base hit. He came around to score the first run on an Alonzo single. He, at one point in this game, fell one short of Tom Seaver's major league record. He struck out nine batters in a row. Unfortunately, the 10th batter hit a ground ball up the middle and reached on an error by Jeff McNeil. Uh, the Nets batter tripled with the help of a funny bounce off the scoreboard in right field. And with the help of a slight misplay by Michael Conforto, who might have gotten a little too close to the wall to play that ball properly, tied the game. Then a sack fly gave the Rockies a 2-1 lead, and then a homer gave them a 3-1 lead. The home run was, I mean, DeGrom just threw a great pitch, and Rymel Tapia got the bat on the ball and hit it a long way. But that gave the Rockies a 3-1 lead. It felt like, uh, I referred to his last start against the Marlins as the ultimate DeGrom game. And this felt like it was going to be exactly the same. But the Mets come to bat in the top of the sixth, their second to last turn at bat, remember, seven-inning game. And Pete Alonso hits an absolute laser beam for a home run to make it 3-2. And I think that was really important. I think the fact that they went out and they answered right away and they took one of those runs back, I think that was so big for their confidence. They needed to win a Jacob DeGrom start. And you felt that. I didn't mention it earlier, but after Jake singled, Brandon Nimmo bunted. I do think he was trying to bunt for a base hit, but he bunted. He just really desperately wanted to get Jacob DeGrom in scoring position. And you could just tell from DeGrom on down, the body language was, everybody was pressing. Everybody was just doing anything they could to will the team to victory. So the Alonzo homer, I think, really lifted a lot off their shoulders, even though they were still down a run. So Jake goes back out for the bottom half of the inning, keeps it a 3-2, and the Mets need to score a run in their final turn at bat in the top of the seventh. And sure enough, all four of the first batters of the inning reach base. McCann singles. Pinch runner Albert Almora Jr. scores on a double from Jonathan Villar. Nimmo singles, Villar to third. And Francisco Lindor gets... His first game-winning RBI as a Met, singling in between the first and second base hole, driving in VR and giving the Mets a 4-3 lead, which they would not relinquish when Edwin Diaz came in in the bottom of the seventh and struck out the side. Just electric stuff from Diaz. 17 strikeouts on the day for the Mets in a 7-inning game, mind you. 17 of 21 outs recorded via the strikeout, and the Mets get a much-needed victory. 
They get their first DeGrom win of the year. They were already 0-2 in DeGrom starts, despite the fact that he's looked possibly better than ever. And it was just a big, big win. They needed it. They needed to win one of his starts. And they need to win, frankly, if if they're going to be a good team, they need to win a lot of his starts. You know, you're going to win games if Marcus Stroman keeps pitching the way he's pitching. You know, we'll get to that in a moment. They're going to win a lot of his starts. You feel good about Carlos Carrasco coming back. You feel good about Noah Syndergaard coming back. I don't even know who they're going to take out of the rotation because I feel really good right now when Taiwan Walker and David Peterson take the mound as well. So they're going to win games with these guys. They're all pitching well. But when you send the best pitcher in the sport to the mound, you got to win those games. And for them to start off 0-2 was brutal, especially when he did absolutely nothing to lose those games. So they needed this one. And there were other good signs as well. Michael Conforto goes two for three. His swing just looks better. J.D. Davis returns from injury. He got a base hit. Just, it was a good all-around game. And it was a nice way to start the doubleheader. Because you go into game two of that doubleheader, and you have Joey Lucchese on the mound. And they have Herman Marquez, their ace, on the mound. And it went kind of how you'd expect. Joey Lucchese, keep in mind, pitched on... April 7th, 10 days earlier, for two innings. That was the only action he's gotten all season long. So he gives up three runs in the first, but he settles in. He gives you three innings. He keeps it 3 nothing. I think you got everything you could have expected from Joey Lucchese in this game. You get somebody who's got literally no pitches in this year, Robert Gazelman. He comes in for the fourth. He throws a scoreless inning. I was pumped up to see Robert Gazelman come out and pitch well. Nicknamed the Winter Soldier, tweeting about how he came back from the blip. Love to see that. Love Robert Gazelman coming in, giving you that scoreless inning. You get a two-run double from Jeff McNeil. It's 3-2. That was that felt like a big moment as well because Nimmo and Lindor get on. First and second, nobody out. Conforto back in the three-hole, strikes out. Alonzo batting cleanup, strikes out. It just, you feel good. You win game one. You feel like the pressure's off for game two. You don't need to win game two. But to have those two guys strike out in that spot, it just felt so reminiscent of how they started the season in Philly and even a little bit against Miami, just not hitting with runners in scoring position. And then Jeff McNeil pulls one down the line, gets you within a run. And then Jacob Barnes just had some tough luck. A funny little jam shot, shift beating single for Trevor Story gets him on base. He should have had an inning ending double play, but Charlie Blackman just hit it too soft. That brought in a run, brought Josh Fuentes to the plate, who hit a three run homer. Just some tough luck for Jacob Barnes, and that made it 7-2, and that's how the game finished, with the Rockies taking the second game of the doubleheader and of the series. Like I said, I'm just, to get Joey Lucchese out there, you're gonna need him eventually before Carrasco and Syndergaard come back. To get him out there just to get the nine outs in a seven-inning game was perfect. To get to get Gazelman in there, get an inning out of him, that was good. And both guys pitched Gazelman looked great, but Lucchese pitched well enough. You got to, you know, get him longer, obviously. You want to get five innings out of him, but three runs. If he gives you three runs, five innings, you take that with what you're getting from the other four guys you got in that rotation right now. And you're facing a good pitcher in Herman Marquez. So tough luck for Jacob Barnes. That puts you down five in a seven-inning game. Unfortunate to lose, but it's a 162-game season. You're not going to win them all. So they go into Game 3 on Sunday looking to win their second consecutive series after sweeping the Phillies at City Field during the week. 
They went into this game. If they won the series, it would have been the first time that they had won consecutive series since September of 2019. They did not do it at all last year. A big part of the reason that they finished in last place. You know, a big thing in baseball, win series. You're not going to win every game. You might rattle off 10 games in a row. I think there's a couple teams right now that have won seven, eight games in a row. You just want to win two out of every three you play. If you do that, you don't win a lot of games. So winning series, stringing series wins together, that's the name of the game. So they go into game three. They take an early lead, putting the ball in play. Pete Alonso, late swing on a pretty hittable pitch, but it beats the shift. It goes down the right field line with the first baseman playing way off the line. He's on with a single. Michael Conforto doubles, gets Pete to third with one out. Jeff McNeil puts the ball in play, ground out to the second baseman. Alonzo comes in to score. Mets are on the board. That wound up being pretty much all the offense the Mets needed. In the fourth, though, Conforto singled. McNeil got into third by putting the ball in play again with two outs. And C.J. Crone made an error having the ball go through his legs. And the return from injury, J.D. Davis, drives him in with a base hit. That gives you a 2-0 lead. They just were... Which is not making good contact on Marcus Stroman all day long. Marcus Stroman has been excellent this year, and this was probably his best start. Eight innings, five strikeouts, three hits, one run. He only threw 90 pitches in those eight innings. He just looked so, so good. He gives way to Edwin Diaz in the ninth inning with a 2 1 lead. Diaz gets the first two out. He threw a really good slider to Trevor Story. Trevor Story just threw the bat out there. Hit it off the end of the bat and singled. Up came Charlie Blackman, which was terrifying, <laughs> to say the least. I was ready for a slider down and into going to the right field seats. But Blackman didn't even get to put the ball in play. Trevor Story took off for second. James McCann, with an unbelievable throw, throws him out at second. Francisco Lindor is pumping his fist the second he gets the tad down. And the Mets win the series and the game. And it's just so exciting to see Francisco Lindor. He did the same thing in game one of the doubleheader. He drives in the game-winning run. Before he even reaches first base, he's turning back. He's looking at the dugout. He's screaming. He's pumping his fist. They just have an energy to them that they've had it in years past. They obviously had it in 2019, but they didn't really have it last year. I think there's something to a veteran. I think there's something to... They have that young energy, they have the young core, they have Alonzo and McNeil and Conforto and Davis and Dom, and I think those guys have fun together, and I think they bring energy, obviously. But I think Todd Frazier was a big part of that team in 2019. I think he was able to kind of hone that energy and, and, and help them put it towards success. And they did that for a long time in the second half of 2019. Todd Frazier was there last year too, but that was a very different situation. I think Francisco Lindor is helping them hone that energy and put it towards success. And, you know, listen, we can have fun together and we can have a good time. But the only way we're going to really have a good time is if we win some ball games. And he was pumping his fist and Edwin Diaz is pumping his fist and the whole team's coming together to celebrate the win. And it was just a lot of fun. And I'm having a lot of fun watching this team play. And look, Michael Cafuardo had another multi-hit game in this one. He seems to be swinging the bat well. He said after the game he 
seems to have found balance in his swing. He said Chili Davis, and I like this for Michael, Chili Davis has been telling him, just get your timing right. Just get your timing right. Michael has a tendency to be a very streaky hitter. He seems to force things when he gets in a bad way. And I like the idea of him just kind of getting his timing right, focusing on that. Don't worry about the hits. They're going to come. The power is going to come if he just can get his timing right. And I love that that's what Chili is focusing on, and that's what Michael is focusing on. Two multi-hit games in this series, and hopefully he will get hot soon. Because Alonzo's hitting, and J.D. Davis seems to be swinging the bat well coming off the DL. Jeff McNeil has been swinging the bat well all year long. So has Dom. So has Brandon Nimmo. The only guy missing is Francisco Lindor. And he's there. He's hitting. He's just not gotten hot yet. And we are in for a lot of fun if he does get hot soon while the team, especially while the team is playing well. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Again, limited amount of runs in this series, despite being in Colorado, but it was very cold. They were dealing with cold weather there. So unfortunately, I think that's just what they were stuck with. But hopefully we'll see some runs in Ridley Field. I'm watching the Sunday night baseball game right now between the Cubs and the Braves. The Braves homered four times in the first inning. So hopefully we'll get to see some of that. Although, looking at the weather, it does appear that it's going to be very cold for the three games that the Mets are going to play there this week. Speaking of, as they're heading off to Chicago, all three night games, no day games for the Mets this season at Ridley Field, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all night games. Of course, it's supposed to rain and possibly snow on Tuesday morning in Chicago, so we'll cross our fingers for no postponements and no doubleheaders this week. Like I said, either way, uh, it is going to be very cold in the 30s and 40s for all three games. Taiwan Walker set to go on Tuesday, David Peterson on Wednesday, and Jacob DeGrom on Thursday. The Mets will miss Kyle Hendricks, who, like I said, gave up four home runs in the first inning on Sunday night but is the Cubs' best pitcher, so nice that they will not have to be dealing with him this week. Going into Sunday's game, Wilson Contreras and Chris Bryant are off to hot starts. Both guys have five home runs with OPSs over one, so those are going to be the guys to watch. Anthony Rizzo's gotten off to a slow start. He homered on Sunday night. Javi Baez had a two-homer game over the weekend. The Cubs had a big offensive game on Saturday. But they, they have not been hitting a ton to start the season. So hopefully the Mets will spotlight Contreras and Bryant and go in and, and pitch as well as they have been pitching. The Mets have been pitching really well, especially the starting rotation. We won't see Stroman, who, like I said, was just lights out again on Sunday. But Walker Peterson just had his best major league start his last time out. And Jacob DeGrom is just, he was already the best pitcher in the world, and he's gotten better. So <laughs> the Cubs better. Watch out for that, and who knows, we may be getting a preview of our third baseman in the second half of the season, If, especially if Chris Bryant keeps hitting the way he's hitting and the Cubs fall out of it. He may be our guy. Before I get out of here, and I will, I will talk to you about that Cubs series recapping it on Thursday night after the series finale. Before I get out of here, I do want to make a quick note of the retirement of Jay Bruce. He spent his last game in uniform on Sunday. With the Yankees against the Rays, he did not get in the game, and his retirement was effective immediately after that game. Jay Bruce had a really good career. Very streaky hitter. Very streaky hitter, but 
over 300 home runs in his career. You know, he came to the Mets in 2016. He was supposed to give us a big offensive boost. He did not do that. We ended up not really needing him so much, though. Cespedes got hot again, and Bruce just had a, a rough year. Unfortunately, when he came over, he just did not provide what the Mets were hoping. But he comes back in 2017, has a big year, garners some trade interest for a bad team. The Mets get Ryder Ryan for him, so not great. There was a rumor the Yankees were interested then, but the Mets refused to deal with them in any way. And then he goes to Cleveland. He's a part of that 22-game win streak. I do believe he got the walk-off hit in Game 22, the Major League record, 22nd win. He comes back to the Mets in 2018, plays a little first base, and then he's a part of the famed Edwin Diaz, Robbie Cano, Jared Kalenic trade. So a very tumultuous, roller coaster, dramatic time in two stints with the Mets for Jay Bruce. But I liked him a lot. I was a fan of Jay Bruce. He he was a big part of the development of Michael Conforto, of Brandon Nimmo. Those guys liked him a lot. They were very happy when he came back in the offseason after the 2017 season as a free agent. They were very happy when he came back. He was a big part of their development. So anything that any, anything that they learned from him, I'm very grateful for. Because those two guys are big parts of this team and big parts of hopefully Mets teams moving forward. So good luck in retirement to Mr. Jay Bruce. That's it for me this week. Please check out my Patreon page, funandflushing.com slash Patreon. I got some fun stuff going on over there. If you want to join the conversation, please leave me a voicemail, 845-206-9098, or leave me an email, funtimesandflushing at gmail.com. Again, if you want to find any of this information, if you want to find any links to any different podcast players that you might want to listen to the show on, funandflushing.com slash 27. That's funandflushing.com slash the numbers 27. Any links to any players that the show is available on are on that page. And when you go to those players, please subscribe, rate, and review the show positively. Uh, follow me on Twitter at msmithfif for fun in flushing. And follow the show on Instagram at fun in flushing. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I will talk to you again after the Cubs series. Hopefully, that is the third straight series win that this team sees, which obviously they didn't do that in 2020 either. And we can really get off to a hot start here. We're already number one in the division. So let's just keep that going. I will talk to you guys in a couple days and let's go Mets.